Chapter 7 of Legends of Saints and Sinners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Legends of Saints and Sinners by Douglas Hyde. Chapter 7 The Comparison as to the Age Between the Four Elders, namely, the Crow of Akul, the Great Eagle of Lachnawil, the blind trout of Asro, and the hag of Bara. Preface This is the folklore version of the last story, and it is very interesting because it lends strength to the assumption that the story may be a piece of pre-Christian folklore, and probably very much older than any documents. I think it is pretty obvious that St. Kieran and his clerics were brought into the written version simply to ensure the tale against any clerical hostility which might be displayed by well-intentioned friars or others who would say, those are only foolish tales, let them be. But the presence of St. Kieran and his two clerics would be sure to disarm hostility if any such were attempted. The whole of medieval Irish literature is full of examples of such forethought. This story was told by Joyce, or Shoigach, of Powell Nabraca in County Galway some years ago for the Oireachtas. There are a great number of stories in Irish with regard to old age. A common saying which I have often heard, but with variance, is the following, which purports to tell the life of those things in the universe which will last longest. Chi fall cu, chi cu ach, chi ech dine, chi dine oler. Chi olers bredon, chi bredon ur, chi ur etre, chi etreha o hush adawan gajera adawan, i.e., three wattles, such as are placed in a hedge to fill a gap, equal a hound's life, three hounds a steed, three steeds a man, three men an eagle, three eagles a salmon, three salmons a yew tree, three yew trees a ridge, Three ridges from the beginning to the end of the world. Etre has been explained to me as the old, very wide ridges that used to be used in ancient times, which left an almost indelible track on the ground. But my friend Mr. Hodgson took down a different explanation from Matthias O'Connor and a different version. After Chi Ur Etre came Chi Etre Ayer and Etre he explained, as the mark of a plough on land, and ire, a-i-d-h-e-r, as the mark of a spade. The crow of Akul is a bird that every Irish speaker in the West has heard of, but Raftery, curiously, made him a raven. In one of his poems, he says of a place in his beloved Mayo where birds delighted to resort, Ta'n fioc dov as Akul aun, Ta an shauk aslak erin aun, ta an tolerok on reg aun agasinyala on rov. I.e., the raven out of Akil is there, the hawk from Loch Ern is there, the eagle out of Greece and the swan from Rome. The story. In the island of Akil, the crow lived. He never frequented wood, tree, or bush, but an ancient forge in which he spent his time every evening throughout the year, and every year of his lifetime, lying on the anvil. And, 
as it is the custom of birds usually to rub their beaks to the thing that is nearest to them. The crow used to give an odd rub now and again to the horn of the anvil. At long last, in the end, the horn grew to be as thin and worn away as a knitting needle by the continuous rubbing. One night, there happened to be a great storm. There came frost, snow, and wind, very violent. The roofing was swept away off the forge, and along with it went the plumage and feathers of the crow, and the poor crow was left in the morning after that dreadful night, and he without a feather or any plumage on his body, but just as much as if he had been scalded with boiling water. When the sun rose after that in the morning, there came a rest and a calm. But the poor crow was afraid to go out, and, i.e., after, the flaying that had been done upon him during the night. Oh, said he, it's a long time I'm in this world, and I never felt a single other night of such bad weather as the night last night. It is my own opinion that there is not a single living creature in the entire world older than myself, unless it be the great eagle of Lachnawil, and I am in doubt but that the eagle is the older. I'll go to himself now until I get knowledge from him if he ever felt a night as cold and as venomous as the night we had last night. When the light of day came, and the heat of the sun was right, my crow slipped off with the intention of journeying to the eagle. He was going and ever going as well as he was able, seeing he was without feathers, until he came in the end, at long last, as far as the nest of the eagle. Aroo! says the eagle. O crow of my heart, what has happened to you? O where have your plumage and your feathers gone? O don't ask me that, said the crow. Didn't yourself feel the cold and ill weather of last night? Well indeed, said the eagle. I didn't notice one jot of the wild weather you're talking of. Heavy was your slumber then, said the crow. I never experienced any night myself that was one half as venomous as it was, and signs on me. I'm come now to you to find out from you did there ever come any night in your time that was colder than it, because I was laying out in my own mind that you are older than I am. I have no right certainty as to my own own age, said the eagle, but even if I had, I know that there is another creature who is still alive in the world and who is very much older than I am. Who is that? said the crow. He is the blind trout of Asaro, said the eagle. Go you now to that trout and perhaps you might get the solving of your question from him. The crow went off, and he never stopped nor stayed until he came as far as Asro, and he found out the trout. He told his story then to the trout, and told him that he came to find out from him if there had ever come a night in the world that was as cold as last night. There did, and a thousand times colder, said the trout. I'd scarcely believe you, said the crow. Why then, said the trout, if you don't believe me, you can go to an older authority than I. And who is that authority? said the crow. The old woman of Bera, said the trout. I'll go right away to her at this moment, said the crow. Wait yet, said the trout, until I tell you my own story. I was swimming on the surface of this pool one fine, calm evening, as calm and as fine as any evening that e'er I saw. There were thousands of flies above the pool. I sprang upward to catch the full of my mouth of them, and before I reached back again into the water, there was ice on the surface of the water, 
and I was jumping and floundering on the flag of ice until the raven came and picked the eyes out of my head. My share of blood began running fast out of me, and I was there until the heat of the blood had melted the flag of ice that was on the water and down through it and let me down into the water again. That was the coldest night that I ever felt myself, and that is the way I lost my sight. I was christened the blind trout of Asro ever since, but some of the people call me the old trout of Asro. Alas, my bitter misfortune, I am ever since without sight. The crow heard him out, but he would not be easy or satisfied in his own mind until he should go on a visit to the old woman of Bara. Farewell, trout, said he. I must go to the old woman now until I hear her own story. May your journey succeed with you, crow. You will have neither loss nor hurt in the house of the old woman, said the trout. The crow went off then, and he never stopped nor stayed until he came to the old woman's house. Welcome, O crow out of Akul, said she. What is this has happened to you, or where are your plumage and feathers? They are gone with the big wind, said he, and with that he told his story to the old woman from beginning to end, and he put the same question to her that he had put before that to the eagle and to the trout. Did she ever feel any night that was as sore and venomous as last night? That's true for you, said she. I did feel a stroke of cold at the beginning of the night, but I drew a wool pack over my head then, and I never felt anything but monigos and the perspiration running off me again until morning. How old are you? said the crow. Or, what age are you? I have no certain date with regard to my age, said the old woman. Only this much. My father used to kill a beef every year on the day I was born in honor of my birthday, as long as he lived. And I followed the same custom from that day to this. All the horns of the beeves I killed are on the loft in the barn, and do you remain in my house until tomorrow? And if you like, I'll send the servant boy to count them, and you yourself can keep account of them as he numbers them aloud. On the morrow, with the rise of the day, the servant went up to count the horns, and he spent one full year and a day over at that work, and after all that, there was only one corner of the loft emptied. And during all that time, the crow was taking his ease, and there was neither thirst nor hunger on him, so well was he treated, and his plumage and his feathers grew on him again. But even so, he got tired of keeping count. I give you the branch, the palm of victory, said he to the old woman. You are as old as the old grandmother long ago, who ate the apples. And he sped forth from the old woman and went home. End of chapter 7